What is going on, FA Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with my buddies Ryan Hallam and Matt Sells, and it's another episode of the Family Times Podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. Guys, we're getting down to it. Four teams left in the NFL playoffs, and it's going to be a doozy on Sunday. I'm looking forward to both of these matchups. With some of the earlier matches, some of the preliminary matches, there were some games that I was just like, eh, about these two matchups, so in the respective conference championships, I can't wait. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty well. I'll tell you one thing. One of those games gets a whole lot better if Patrick Mahomes is actually on the field. Otherwise, uh, it might it might be a little a little bit more interesting to watch if you're a Buffalo fan. Um, but, yeah, the Brady-Rogers matchup for potentially the last time uh, is pretty is pretty impressive. Um, and there's some interesting facts going for that game, uh, as well. So we'll see, we'll see how uh, they play out, but I'm definitely excited for uh, this weekend's games. Yeah, I think they're both going to be good. I'm really only interested in one team left and that is the bills. Uh, I am not a chiefs fan. I think everyone is over Tom Brady winning another Super Bowl, and I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers or the Packers fan. I feel like they rode an easy schedule through most of the season. I don't know that they're necessarily the most deserving team, despite their record. Uh, So that will be a fun game to watch, because both teams are very good. Uh, But I'm certainly uh, hitching my wagons to Bill's Mafia, and I'm throwing myself through all the tables this weekend. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's, it's very interesting you say that because I'm actually looking on some of the books right now with the Bills being three-point dogs. I'm seeing a lot of money going in that direction, Hallam. You might be on to something here. What do you guys think about the totals of these games? 51.5 for the NFC Championship and 54 for the AFC Championship. I know that we still have a few days to go before these matchups, but... Do you guys like the overs? You feeling the unders, or you going to be looking more at the prop side of things? I'd go the under for Green Bay, um, Tampa Bay, frankly, because that's by far the more defensive matchup of the two. Um, they are both strong on defense, where the other is strong on offense. Um, you know, the Packers' pass defense is surprisingly good, which is the best part about the uh, Bucks game. And of the teams left in the playoffs, the Packers actually average the most amount of rushing yards per game. And Tampa Bay is the best rush defense in the league this year. So I think the under uh, will hit in that game. Um, I think it's still a little early to be betting the over-under in Casey Buffalo because it's entirely dependent on if Patrick Mahomes plays. If he doesn't play, the under hits. If he does play, I think the over hits because neither one of those teams is going to stop anybody. I mean, I know he's practiced. He's been practicing. I know it's been somewhat limited, but I mean, raise your hand if you really don't think Patrick Mahomes is playing in this game. I mean, oh, I think the, he's going to play. There's I, no way the NFL. I think the NFL will bend, break, and get rid of every concussion protocol that they have, or lie about his status to get this man in this game. There's no, did, they want Howard Penny. Howard say that. They should delay the game until Patrick Mahomes is good and ready. Yeah, but Cowherd's an idiot. Yeah, he is an idiot. He is an idiot. Uh, I don't see any way Mahomes doesn't play in this game, and I kind of agree with Matt on both. I've been picking – when I pick, I've been picking the overs more often than unders this year just because of all the rules, uh, you know, really leaving it open for the offenses. Uh, But not only only 
you know, the, the like Matt said, the strength of the other team's defense uh, fits the, the offense of the other team. But let's be honest, Tampa Bay, now we now have Antonio Brown, who's basically a game-time decision. Mike Evans, we were shocked he got on the field at all last week and caught one pass for three yards. Uh, Ronald Jones is beaten up. We don't know. And he played last week and played pretty well, but he's still not 100%. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what the status of the, the Buccaneers' offense is really on uh, Green Bay side. I they are good. Like you said, Tampa's the best run defense. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard for Carlton Davis to stop Devontae Adams. But after that, they don't have a whole hell of a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised if the under uh, hit on that one. Full bore, the overs happen in the AFC. Uh, you know, Kansas City's offense hasn't been as good in the second half of the season. Uh, but they're still putting up decent points. because you know, I think they're, they almost score 28 when they walk on the field. Uh, and the Bills certainly have just been the hottest team. So I could see those both of those teams uh, possibly hitting over 30. And I, I believe I picked that in, in the game preview. I want to say I did 34-31 30, uh, Buffalo. Yeah, I will say if you got any game props there, Ben Steve, for the Green Bay, Tampa Bay So game? I do, actually. I was looking I was looking at them before. And... I'm talking like receiver props. Okay, so you you know me. So here's what I'm looking at, and this is why I was asking what I was asking before. Because Devontae Adams is still at 7.5. And I, I have said a bunch that because you guys know me, I that's my thing. Receptions is my game. I stay away from seven and a half. Devontae Adams is the one player, maybe of two, that I would ever go in on an over on a seven and a half prop. And I still think because of something you just said, there's just some people, some players who are the best in the world at what they do. And I think. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the entire world. And they're just going to keep force-feeding him targets. And even though seven and a half is a big number, he may get eight. We might be in a little bit of a sweat. But that's safer than going after a MVS prop. Who wants to go after an MVS prop? Alan Lazard, to me, I mean, he had 96 yards last week, but what was it, 58 came on that late touchdown where he just got behind the defense. Right. He wasn't exactly uh, having an impressive game before that last Here's uh, what I'm asking, though, because both these teams in DVOA against the second wide receiver ranked 22nd and 23rd in the league. Respect. Interesting. So that's why I'm asking Alan Lazard props, because they're both top 10 against the number one wide receivers, but they're both 22 and 23 Against the second wide receiver. Well, let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this because here, here's what I see. When you're thinking about Tampa who spreads the ball around, I mean, Mike Evans' prop I'm seeing on DraftKings Sportsbook is at four and a half. Does that entice you at all for receptions? Not really with Jair Alexander. Uh, should be all over him. So Yeah, we also uh, just saw him only catch one, <laughs> one ball last week. He caught, honestly, he's caught one or like two a lot this year. Like there's been – I know he's bang, banged up, but – uh, he, you know, he keeps scoring touchdowns, which made people who played him in fantasy happy. But and he came up small a lot this year, right? You know what? And by the way, we mentioned MVS before. If I'm going to dabble in that kind of prop for a guy like MVS, who's very feast or famine, that's his game. I'd rather bet a yardage prop I on MVS than than going after receptions because I'm looking at the receiving yards here. 29 and a half for MVS. I he, hit the over. He could get that on the first play of the game, you know? Absolutely. More so, like, I'd rich. rather go that direction than try to even mess with two or three and a half on his receptions. 
Yeah, he can get that in one play. And exactly. he, if he does, he will get it on one play. Uh, you know, he is the deep threat guy on the field. He doesn't have the best hands. Uh, clearly has dropped multiple balls that Aaron Rodgers put right in the basket. Uh, but he's also caught a bunch of that way, too. And we've seen him have 30, 40, 45-yard catches during the season. So, yeah, if I was thinking of Marcus Valdez-Scantling, I'd be all over the yardage and way the hell away from the, the receptions. Sells, let me ask you this, because you were asking if there are any reception props that I like here. Now, thinking that the Bucks are going to be able to stop whatever Green Bay can throw at them from a run standpoint, do you think that maybe Green Bay looks to scheme a bit more where they're throwing to Aaron Jones? And if you think that, there's a prop that's three and a half receptions as the line. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Because, I mean, I know Aaron Jones has been catching more passes this year, but you still don't think of him as the receiving threat out of the backfield. Right. Right? I mean... And especially with the role that Dylan's taken in the last couple of weeks, um, I would. It's tough. I'd probably go the under. Okay. I think he gets three, and then if you hit the under, then you're great. <laughs> but hoping for four catches from Aaron Jones, that seems a little steep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, if there wasn't. Jamal Williams in the backfield and he didn't have the role he does, I would feel much better about Aaron Jones for three and a half. But they even spread around the, the receptions to the backfield. So and he easily could hit the over, but I'm not confident enough in it to put, actually put money down on it. By the way, if Mahomes does play, and again, that seven and a half, I don't like messing with seven and a half, but there are a couple of players that are the exception to the rule. Adams is one of those players. Travis Kelsey is also one of those players. Absolutely. If Mahomes plays, I am not betting any prop. Guys, and this is this is a good question to You're not have. betting any prop? I'm not betting any prop for Kansas you City. Missed the, you missed the pun. All right, I did. Well, you know what? I said any. Ah, I get you. <laughs> I get you. Get, well, you can blame it on the Henny that I drank before the show. How about that for a reference? But here's here's what I'm debating, guys, because this is the thing. I mean, the Chiefs have been my team the entire time. I know it's chalk, but I have to have an opinion if I'm going to be in one-and-done leagues. And I have yet to use any of the Chiefs yet. I've saved them all to this point. Am I forced to sail if Henny's starting? Am I Am I forced to literally go... All other teams and save this team for the Super Bowl because my mindset at this point that seems to be where it's heading. Well, here's the thing: if Chad Henney is the quarterback, you're not going to see him in the Super Bowl. They're not going to beat the Bills with Chad Henney, so you might as well use him. And here's the thing: and here's why you should use Kelsey. Look all year at the Bills against the tight end. They have been a goddamn disaster against the tight end from week one. I mean, they gave up 14 receptions to the Colts tight ends. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, they're just and they don't even have any good ones. Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox, and and Trey Burton had 14 catches against them. I think it was 168 yards and a touchdown. And that was guys the best. Philip Rivers figured out the offense. Yeah, this is the this is the best tight end on the planet. He's just a target machine. He's a reception machine. And against the Bills, I, I just think the sky's the limit. I think the 10 receptions, I think he's in his basket. I don't care who the quarterback is. Really? So think you Okay, so you would bet the over then on this seven and a half right now if you knew that Chad Henney was starting. I, yeah, I still feel good. I mean, Henney didn't play horribly. Right. Uh, he, he's, that's a he's big ask, Brian. 
That seven and a half is a huge ask. But they don't throw to anybody else besides right. him and Travis uh, Tyreek Hill. Who are they going to well, throw I'll to? I'll tell you Demarcus this, Robinson? I'll tell you this, Ryan. If you're asking me to choose between Kelsey at over seven and a half or Tyreek Hill at over five and a half, I'd rather go Kelsey. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to put the mortgage payment on it, but yeah, I feel I'm not going to like it's not the rent money or the grocery money, but I feel pretty damn confident that Travis Kelsey is going to catch seven balls, <laughs> eight balls. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, because Kelsey's the volume guy. Hill is, I mean, he can be the volume guy. We've seen him do it. We've seen him have what 10, 12, uh, 14 targets this year, but that doesn't happen very often. And mostly, he catches about four or five passes. Hits a couple of big plays, gonna wind up with more than 100 yards and a touchdown. But Kelsey is the guy that gets the volume and the dirty work and the the you know cluttered yardage over the middle. But yeah, I'm with Ryan. They don't throw to anybody else, right? When's the last time Sammy Watkins or Demarcus Robinson or uh, Mecole Hardman or anybody any in the anybody in the backfield caught a pass? Don't 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 discount Byron Pringle now, Matt. Oh, no. right, the second uh, did, string tight end. I did this. I did the stream last Friday with Ronus, and we were talking about the the target tree. And this is going to be stupid because it's an audio podcast, but this is just pretty much for you guys because you can see me. I'm like, this is the target tree of the Chiefs. It's it's two branches. They throw to two guys, and that is it. It's not exactly you know the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree of tree of target trees here. They have two guys, and everyone else just kind of picks up the scraps off the off the floor. I don't even think Sammy Watkins is going to play. If he does, it probably doesn't matter anyway. So you're looking at Demarcus Robinson and 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 Hardman and Pringle and Dion Yelder. If he's like. In, even Chad Henney knows to throw the ball to Travis Kelsey. Now, is there a shot that CEH plays? We're still waiting on that today. We, yeah, right? we haven't seen too much. Bell, though, here's something of note. Le'Veon Bell's knee is apparently swelling big time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's keeping him off the field. And so that that is just an interesting development. Okay, going but in. nobody even noticed when he was on the field. I understand like that. We're just talking from a depth standpoint. Yeah. By the way, you mentioned Byron Pringle. I follow his agent on Instagram. This guy has eaten more steak and lobster meals in the last probably six months than I have in thirty in almost thirty. Yeah, lucky years. bastard! I know. I and, steak and these agents, man, these agents and their ten percent or whatever the hell they make. Some of them, but guys. So you, what do you? So let's say Mahomes plays, right? Let's say Mahomes plays. So who do you think is going out of the AFC to the Super Bowl? I think it's the Chiefs. If Mahomes plays, I think it's the Chiefs. Yes, that's where that's where my head's at as well. For the NFC, I, I don't get to give the, my opinion. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were going after the Chiefs. No, I'm not going after the Chiefs. No, no I think it's the, the I think it's the Bills. I, I, I just like I said, I just don't think the Chiefs have been the Chiefs in the second half of the season. Mahomes is coming off a concussion. He's got this toe injury too. Uh, he hasn't been as good. Like, they've played a lot of close games this year against subpar teams. And guess who's not a subpar team? It's the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Uh, I just think Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs uh, are just on a mission. I don't think they can be stopped. Uh, Rashad Breland left the game last week with the concussions. That would take something out of their cornerbacks. I, I just think Buffalo's has got it this year. 
Yeah, Buffalo has looked good of late. However, these two teams played in Buffalo in mid-October, and it was a different story. That game was bad for the Bills. I mean, that but was what does mid-October mean anymore? That was literally the worst offensive performance from Josh Allen all season. Uh, the I mean, the Chiefs didn't look great either, but they they figured out a way to put it together and win the game. Yes, the Chiefs have not been overwhelming, right? Like, we've been used to seeing them. But we've also seen them go down 24 nothing in the postseason at their home field and still come back and win it. We've also seen a guy who literally never threw a pass in the postseason until last week rush for basically 14 yards on a third and 14 on a must-have play. And so I think they can piece it together. And keep in mind that there's there's also fans at this game, right? I know Buffalo got fans at their game last week, but Arrowhead fans, you put 6,700 of them in Arrowhead, they're going to sound like 67,000 people. Like, it's a pretty tough environment here. So I think it's going to be a good game. I do think the Chiefs ink it out, though. I think if Mahomes is 100%, it might be uh, I might uh, be in that cut that that yes, camp a little bit more. It really depends on Mahomes because if it's Kansas, there's no way. It's no, but even if he plays, he's not 100%. How many times have we seen him run for a late first down or make some play with his legs before he throws the ball? And I just don't think he's going to be able to do that. I think he's I think he's just banged up at the wrong time. And I I just I think Buffalo's going to win. We'll see. I thought the Browns I thought the Steelers were going to win a couple weeks ago too. And we saw how that worked out. So. You never know. <laughs> what I about, hope I'm right, though. I hate. What about from the NFC side? I first. What you're thinking, Matt? I, I think it's going to be the Packers. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it definitely could go either way. Uh, I, I just think that they've kind of been, as much as I've just said, they played an easy schedule most of the year, and the Bucks made them look like complete asses in the middle of the season. I think Rodgers has just been too good this year. I think home field advantage, even in 2020. In 2021 now means less, but it's still Lambo uh, in the conference championship. I, I think Rodgers is going to make enough plays to to make it happen. I, I think Tampa Bay's banged up. I, I think this isn't the best matchup for them. Uh, it's hard to bet against Brady in the in championship game, uh, but I think the Packers are going to pull out a close one. So you did mention that they played earlier this year. They played actually the same weekend that the Chiefs and Bills played. Um, That's true. And it was down in Tampa. Tampa smoked them 38-10, to 10, if memory serves. Rodgers uh, looked lost. Looked I, I remember awful. Um, so just a side note on that. This is going to be the 17th time in NFL history that a team has defeated a team by 20 or more points and then faced that team in the conference championship in the prior 16 games. The team that won the regular season matchup is thirteen and three and four and zero oh in the last ten years. Where do you find these stats? Like, what's your process? I like, have my ways. Like, like, can you bring that to the table, man? Because, like, you know, again, like these stats are like pop up video stats. I'd see while like, oh you know, yeah, watching a movie. I mean, it's incredible. Also, Rodgers in the NFC Championship game. First of all, first game, first NFC Championship game he's ever playing at home. Right, this is the fourth one he'll be in. The mm. other three are on the road. In the other, 
Um, in the other ones, he's got a six touchdown to seven interception ratio. So he's not looked good in these games. So I think I'm actually going to go with Tampa Bay here uh, because a couple of reasons. One, we talked about, yes, even if Tampa Bay is banged up, they still have more weapons that Tom Brady can trust than Aaron Rodgers does outside of Devontae Adams, right? If the run game isn't there, the play-action pass that has been Green Bay's bread and butter does not work nearly as well, right? Aaron Rodgers has like 25 touchdowns this year off of play-action passes. That's like half of his total touchdowns. And I think there's motivation here for Tom Brady to really prove that he absolutely does not 100% need Bill Belichick in any form or fashion to make a Super Bowl, right? All he needs is the best set of wide receivers he's ever had in his career. But I think that that's the motivation here. And they'll harken back to the fact that they beat him 38-10. to 10 in the regular season, and they're basically the same team. So, Where do you get your stats from? I'm not going to divulge it on air. Yeah, why not? You can make us all geniuses here. Seriously. I'll divulge it to you after we're done recording. Okay, cool. Then I won't I won't talk about it anymore. Though. I don't want to know. I like to hear them. I like to be surprised. It's fun, man. Dude, you know what, dude? I'll, I'll be honest. One of my favorite shows... I don't want to say growing up, but like for me in my teenage years as a sports fan, Stump the Schwab. I just loved it. Was just, it was like Sports Jeopardy. I mean, he knew everything, everything. And all he did was study stats. And like well, that's a researcher at ESPN. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. So that sells right there. So that's just very incredible. Let's, and you know what? That's why we invite him to the family table every single week, guys. And, Let's end how we always end bringing something to the family table. And guys, I'll go first because, you know, I feel like this is this is something that's right, uh, right to do and something that we're very, very proud of at the site, too. A lot of representation in the Fantasy Sports Writers Association's finalists for awards, including Mike Alexander, who's been there before, including the tight end whisperer, Andrew Cooper, very proud of Coop there, Jen Piacenti with her video series. Their bargains from DFS for football. Excellent job that she does on the site. And then Annie Up podcast, our sister podcast here on the site as well. Also on the Sawdust Podcast Network with Howard Bender and Adam Ronis. Very happy for those guys. And, of course, the Fantasy Alarm Show for also being nominated to be a finalist as well. And, hey, that's what I'm bringing to the table. I just want to say congratulations to the crew. And I also want to congratulate everyone else on the site as well because – this last year has not been easy for any of us, and we pulled a lot of content out, even in other areas. And, Howell, let me tell you this, man. Thinking about the last year that I've had in radio, some of my favorite segments that I've done in the last 12 months, DFS Survivor. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much, man. And I love MTV The Challenge when they were having those to, that DFS. But DFS Survivor was so much fun. I always loved reading your content about that. So we all kicked ass. The pandemic's not over, but we're not only surviving, we're thriving. And that's why I'm bringing that to the table and I'm proud to be a member of the family and very, very happy for everybody who got the finalist nod. Absolutely. And I will uh, go with Survivor. 
uh, they are setting to start taping in April. Yes. Uh, they're going to set one in April and one in June. So hopefully by the fall, we'll have a new season, which uh, will be great. And I will be running my own little fantasy game uh, as I've been doing the past few years. Uh, but uh, my thing is just going to be something I want to ask is, as we are still, a lot of us are kind of staying home and, and trying not to be out too much. Uh, all done different things with our family. So I want to know what is your guys' favorite board game? Ooh, this is tough. I'm going to need a second tough. to like think about this. I'll um, tell you my least favorite. I'll tell you my favorite. I'll start then. Sure. I've always liked it. It's long, and my brother never wanted to play with me when we were growing up because it was too long. Uh, and now my wife doesn't want to play with us because we're too long. Uh, is the game of life. I don't know why. It's always a fun one. I don't know if it's driving around and getting the job and getting the paydays and the kids and the car and everything and getting up all the money. There are millions of dollars at the end, but I've always enjoyed that one. Nice. That is that is a high quality one. Uh, I would go. I'll go with two that I play more often than the other one, but it's kind of a three way tie. So, uh, I would say uh, Scrabble. Okay. Uh, Monopoly. Classic. And then another one that might be tougher to. Uh, to have heard of or find is Settlers of Catan. Ah, that game is fantastic. Um, played it a lot in college, and uh, for those of you that have played, there was a friend of mine that was not playing the game and somehow involved himself in a trade deal and got a whole pack of Rolos thrown in for free, and he wasn't even in the game. So, <laughs> anytime you can get free Rolos out of a board game you're not even playing. It's a pretty good time. Yeah, nice. no, absolutely. So this is a good question, Helm. I am actually going to go. You ready for this? Yeah. So it's a pretty simple game. I'm actually going to go with guess who, because you know, and it kind of makes sense with where I ended up career wise. Because now, I mean, just like I used to play the game all the time, and that game is all about asking questions mm-hmm. and reporting. That's pretty much what I do now for a living: is just ask a bunch of questions. And debate and, you know, try to think of angles on how to solve mysteries in that regard, too. So I feel like Guess Who was always one of my favorites. And I love Candyland, too, by the way. I pegged you as a mousetrap guy, Fancy. Love (laughs) mousetrap. Love (laughs) mousetrap. See, that's the thing. They're all so good. Like, Hungry Hungry Hippos. Huge. Easy but fun. Yes, exactly. I hate an operation because I kind of have a shaky hand. Yeah. So never any good at it. And just, I, I suck at game. Battleship. Yeah, Battleship is not not one of my favorites there. What uh, about, like, Cards Against Humanity? That's not a board love game. It. No, it's not, but it's a okay. fun game. I love Cards Against Humanity. So much fun. All right, Cells, what are you bringing to the family table? I'm going to bring uh, this as we wrap up. Uh, basically, the, the football season is pretty well coming to an end. Obviously, the Super Bowl will be two weeks after the championship games and whatnot. But uh, Phillip Rivers retired this week, This week, which we all expected. I think before the season started, he had already signed a deal to be a coach for uh, a high school team or a low-level college team somewhere in the South after the season ended, I'm pretty sure. Um, but... On that note, there are some pretty interesting facts coming out about Philip Rivers in terms of like fantasy football. 
He's like the fifth highest scoring fantasy football guy ever, right? Never had a 30-point game in his entire career. Wow. Over the course of 17 seasons in which he never missed a regular season start, he never put up a 30-point game. So, this leads me to what I'm bringing to the table. In all fantasy sports, Bob Long is going to love this. Look for consistency. Don't look for the guys that go bananas half the time and suck half the time. Like Mike Evans, who, by the way, if you look up his point totals, scores literally all of his points in half of his games he's ever played. Hmm. Like, it's not even an exaggeration. If you just look at him and you go, oh, he scored 180 points this season. Okay, well, all of those came in eight games. Right. So it's like Tyler like, Lockett this year. Yeah, exactly. You want to look for guys that are consistent because you would – there's a lot of arguments to be made that Phillip Rivers was consistently a top-five fantasy quarterback year after year after year after year, and the guy never topped a 30-point game, which is what people like love to see nowadays. Right? So focus on guys who are consistent in baseball and basketball and football, hockey, whatever – fantasy sport you're choosing consistency will always always win you the day over the boomer bus guys in the words of bob lung that's consistency (laughs) yes for matt sells ryan hallam i am justin fenstrom good luck with all of your playoff contest endeavors and your one and done leagues you're almost there you're getting there just a couple more weeks to go and then you get to go into other sports and dominate because what's better than dominating one sport dominating all the sports and when you're riding with the family that's what you do at fighting chance for ryan on twitter at the salesman for matt sells on twitter i'm at fancy sports we'll be back next week we always dominate no other option we just win